Big Dumb Movie is a comedic podcast that often contains obscene language and outlandish commentary. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Big Dumb Movie, where we discuss movies of the Big Dumb variety. I'm your host, Corey, and I am joined with my oldest friend, Jonathan. Corey. Jonathan. Hello. <laughs> Give me a weird look, man. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I haven't seen you in a while. <laughs> seems like seems like we've both gotten like COVID haircuts here. Like you gotta know like a, a guy to get your haircut, dude. You know? Like, We're looking fresh. Dude, yeah. I, I got a guy. He cuts hair in his alley <laughs> in his garage. <laughs> He takes you to downtown LA and he's like, all right, we'll go behind this alley right here. Just I, wait. I never would have thought that it would be easier to get drugs than it would be to get a haircut. Dude. Yeah, like this wild, <laughs> wild times. Uh, Jonathan, we're here to review a movie, a 1995 movie directed by Nick Castle called Major Pain. And this movie stars Damon Wayans. And I figure the best way to kick off this conversation is to talk about the Wayans brothers. Maybe we'll talk about them more later on this podcast and other movies, but just like, what's your kind of like overall experience with the weigh-ins? Like, where did you first see them? Like, what what did you kind of grow up with them involved in? It was definitely uh, with uh, In Living Color, my parents. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, they were regulars for that show and uh, I had it on all the time. So I remember seeing it as a kid. Of course, you don't really understand a lot of that stuff as a kid, because I mean, that came out in what, like the late 80s, yeah, early really 90s. Young. I was like way young, but you know, everybody else is laughing, so you laugh. And so I think probably after that, Major Pain was probably my next experience. And then, and then when you get, we got a little bit older, and it was like, don't be a menace <laughs> <laughs> in South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. I remember being in fifth grade, not when I met you, but you know, yeah. do you remember in fifth grade, I came halfway in the year. It's because I went to El Rio Elementary for the first half of my fifth grade. And I remember other kids telling me about Don't Be a Menace. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to see this movie someday and it's going to be this shit. Yeah. And then I saw it like in middle school and I just thought it was the funniest thing ever. Yeah, I totally lied about seeing it, like, in fifth grade. <laughs> like, that was one of those, like, dude, I didn't want to be the loser kid that that everybody made fun of for not watching that movie, you know? Like, oh, yeah, I saw it, and I just, like, repeated all the jokes that my other friends were talking about. It still holds up, I gotta say. Uh, yes? May I help you? Yeah, I heard y'all niggas is high. What's up? Oh, yes, um, here, why don't you fill out this application? <sighs> So, uh, let me see. Hmm. Very interesting. Um, I see your hobbies are drinking, smoking weed, and all types of ill shit. I think it's it's very timeless, in my opinion. Even though it's kind of based on 80s and 90s, mostly 90s hood movies, I think that vibe kind of lasts forever because of hip-hop culture. Like, it's kind of ingrained in us, not only just, like, as Americans, but, like, us specifically as people from Oxnard, you know? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it wasn't that that was pretty much like their first spoof movie, right? I think so. Because at least one of the first. Yeah. Cause like it was probably at least ten years later before Scary Movie came out. Yeah. Yeah. That was like around two thousand or two thousand one. So right. at least many years. But yeah, this one was definitely like one of the originals. 
Yeah, for sure. I liked a movie called Blank Man. I still like it. It also stars Damon Wayans, totally opposite from Major Payne. He plays a total nerd, like a bitch, can't defend himself, like, but he ends up being a superhero in the vein of Batman because he uses a lot of gadgets because he's smart. He uses his, like, intellect to fight crime. I want to speak to the commissioner. <laughs> Tell me why. Tell me why. Duh. I'm a crime fighter. And I had a run-in with some punks last night, and I'm trying to get the cooperation of the police as I take these street punks down. Wait a minute. I don't see what's so funny. What about your name? Tell him your name. Okay. I don't have one yet, but I'm leaning towards Brother Man. <laughs> Is someone behind me? What's the joke? I got a name for you. How about Shithead Man? Uh, that's a good one. Did you see Blank Man ever? I did see it. I don't remember a whole lot about it. It came up on my Amazon list right there next to uh, right there next to Major Pain. <laughs> yeah, so. this is one of those like, if you like Major Pain, you would like yeah, other exactly. 90s stupid fucking Damon Wayne's movies. <laughs> exactly. There's another Damon Wayne's movie that I remember us talking about as kids, so... We haven't talked about this in about 20 years, so it's time to bring a, an old conversation oh, back. No. <laughs> it's a movie called Bulletproof. Oh my God, dude. I, I don't even think I've heard that name in <laughs> 20 years. <laughs> Bulletproof is a Damon Wayans and Adam Sandler comedy. Do you remember? It's like a buddy cop movie. Right. And I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that you hate this movie. Here's the thing. I have seen it since we had the initial conversation, but I think I lied about seeing it at the time, and I just want to apologize, man. Like, <laughs> I'm pr this is the way I remember it. I'm probably wrong, but I remember you being like, this movie Bulletproof is the shit. It's so funny. Oh, my God. And I was like, yeah, I've seen it. It's pretty good, you know? Yeah. Pretty <laughs> I'm pretty sure it went down to just Gotta like love that. Adam Sandler, you know? Yeah. <laughs> had, like, no frame of reference to even, like, bring up anything else. And 20 years later, you hate Adam Sandler. I do hate Adam Sandler. I watched a movie recently called Jack and Jill, which is going to be a spoilers podcast coming soon. Yeah. So listeners, look out for that. But uh, you know, I'm sorry. Just... I'm sorry that you watched that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the man has let me down a lot. I, I shouldn't say I hate him. He has some great work out there. Undeniably, he has some great work. Uh, but I wanted to bring up some movies that were out in and around the same time as Major Pain in theaters. Yeah. So this movie came out in March of 1995. 1995 has a lot of movies that we've done on Big Dumb Movie. I don't know why this just came to me, but Operation Dumbo Drop, was that one of them in that year? It might have been that year. I it's, feel like that, it was right around there. feels right. It wasn't in my yeah. list here. Oh, but, okay. Um, that does feel like a 1995. I remember liking that one. Yeah. I remember the guy shoves... He had to shove his whole hand up the elephant's ass to give it like a suppository of some kind. Yeah, to sed uh, sedate the elephant or whatever. For the that, drop. For the yeah, drop, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the elephant sat down and, or something and like the guy went all the way in or I don't know. That sounds like it would be in the movie. It yeah. might not be, but in our revision. If, if you haven't history. seen it in 25 years, your imagination can get a little wild. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so here are some movies that were out at the same time. Just a, a kind of quick, short list. Yeah. The Brady Bunch movie. Seen it. Like it? Like it. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I grew up watching The Brady Bunch a lot. So 
uh, well, obviously reruns. I'm not that old, <laughs> but um, yeah, we definitely watched the watched the Brady the Brady movie. I had a big crush on Marsha from the show, more so than the movie. Like the show version really got things going for me as a little boy. <laughs> That's funny. I like the movie version better. Oh, okay. All right. That's Ben Stiller's wife, I believe. She was in Hey Dude. I always forget her name. Oh, man. With Budnick? <laughs> no, that's Salute Your Shorts, bro. Oh, my bad. <laughs> uh, the Jerky Boys movie was potentially in theaters at the same time as Major Pain. No. Definitely never seen Jerky Boys movie, but I, I think it might have been you and I listened to their CDs a lot. <laughs> you introduced me to it and like thought it was like the funniest shit ever, yeah. which got me really into it because I always liked the stuff that you liked. <laughs> yeah. Another movie that has some similar vibes also came out the same year, just a little bit before this movie, Heavyweights. Oh, classic. Love it. Dude, I love Heavyweights. Yeah. Yep. I mean, like the way that Ben Stiller like freaks out in that movie. Amazing. <laughs> How you doing, little Tony? Bad. Why do you feel bad? Because everything's falling apart and I can't do anything about it. It's not your fault. I know it's not my fault, but whose fault is it? It's not my fault. It's their fault. That's right. It's their fault. It's their fault. It's their fault. You have failed and you will pay. Love Total it. psycho. Dude. I, I just think and it's... What's the, what was the other guy's name? Klaus? Uh, Lars. Lars, yeah. <laughs> they had him all tied up and, and uh, the deer started like eating all the marshmallows <laughs> off of him and shit. I like when Lars is tied up to the tree and his hands are like totally bound and a little kid runs back up to him and he goes oh little boy you've come to free me and the kid punches him in the balls <laughs> and then runs away ah, dude it doesn't get any better than that it's oh, just such a trip man. that heavyweights was potentially in theaters at this very at the same time as this very similar movie yeah major pain i don't know yeah. I'll, I'll yeah it's up. like it's like that that whole like kind of similar storyline the you know overcome adversity and like this camaraderie from the group to come together and exactly accomplish their end goal like how, how many movies are there really that has that exact same storyline though um some other movies in theaters at the same time dolores claiborne no not necessarily a kid's movie although i did see it as a child Dolores Claiborne's a Stephen King adaptation starring Kathy Bates. Definitely not a kid's movie. Dude, though. it's so good. You got to watch Dolores Claiborne at some point in your life. You'll have to text me later and right. remind me to watch that. Tank Girl. Oh, yeah. Piece that of is- shit. Awful, awful, <laughs> terrible movie. My wife actually has like asked me to put that on the list. Oh, okay. I'll have to, to double to check. To review, so hopefully one day we'll get there. I will gladly put that on the list for her. That's actually a really good idea, in fact. Shout out, babe. Man of the House. I don't know if you remember Man of I the do. House. I do. Yeah. That yeah, is, Man of the House. In my mind, I associated that movie with you when I wrote it down. Aw. <laughs> that's so sweet. I don't... <laughs> Let's not get weird here. All right, my bad. I don't know that you necessarily ever brought it up, but to me, it feels like a Jonathan Kids movie. Yeah, that, that's definitely something that I watched, and I've probably seen it, I don't know, maybe 10 or 15 times, but I haven't watched it in like 20 years. It's kind of cool because like all these old movies that we that we talk about from my childhood, like I want to watch them all over again. For those that don't know, Man of the House was one of those like 90s bad kid movies, and there was a lot of those 
but this was a Jonathan Taylor Thomas movie and the dad was Chevy Chase. It was more like a stepdad situation. It was like, it was kind of like the getting even with dad with Macaulay Culkin. But I remember the trailer played a lot in a lot of the VHSs I had and that's my real experience with Man of the House. I remember one of the big like funny trailer moments is like Chevy Chase is in the shower. So Jonathan Taylor Thomas like goes up to the toilet and flushes it. And then the water gets all hot and he's like, ah, ow, ow. It's so funny. Like now as an adult, you're like, fuck, dude, go get your plumbing checked. You know, like that shouldn't be happening. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Tommy Boy. That was also in theaters around the same time. I actually really enjoy that movie. I mean, just the the one-liners from that movie still happen in my house. And it's kind of cool because my sister-in-law and brother-in-law, they're like real heavy movie quoters, just like me and my wife are. So Just like me and you. And we're, just like us. Kids. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of cool to be able to like, we've got, you know, 20, 30 years worth of movies quoting at any time we're all together. That's and that's awesome. definitely one of them. And uh, a big dumb movie classic was also in theaters around the same time, Billy Madison. That was a good pod. (laughs) That was a fun pod. Yeah. A lot of fun. By the way, listeners, if there's a little bit of noise in the background, it's extremely windy outside. It might be getting picked up by the mics, but I hope not. Anyway, Major Pain, a movie that came in with a $30 million box office. You know, I tried to find the budget for this movie, and I could only find one place that also said $30 million, and I'm assuming they just mistook that. Like, that's the actual box office. I don't think the the budget is actually out there in the wild. Okay, just to give everybody a perspective on this, like, this movie literally looks like it probably took a half million dollars to make. And because they probably got all of the, like, costume from, like, an old army surplus store <laughs> or something. <laughs> and this whole movie probably looks like it was filmed in about three days the thing that in my mind that where the budget goes in this movie is two places one damon waynes right he's the star of the movie he's the biggest actor in it and two the the school this is a really nice school that they're filming at and they probably had to fucking pay out to to rent this premises to shoot at don't you think yeah i'm sure they had to pay uh i'm pretty sure they were smart enough to do it like you know, during spring break or summer break or something, but it it's like a, a massive, like pristine private school kind of kind of place. Yeah, it looks really nice. Nothing that I would have ever been able to like allowed to step foot in. Yeah, same. You're from Oxnard. You're basically not allowed in to a place like that. <laughs> You're not even allowed to look at it. <laughs> uh, Nick Castle's the director of this movie. He, that's a name that seems to just come up on this podcast all the time. And yeah. for a couple of reasons, we talked about Nick Castle on our last episode, but he was the actor that played Michael Myers in the original Michael Myers and in the 2018 version, although he's credited as the shape. That's what Michael Myers was in the first Halloween movie. And they kind of brought that back in the newer one. He also directed one of Steve's favorite movies, The Last Starfighter, and wrote one of the movies that Steve hates more than any other movie in the world called oh, August no. Rush. I've never seen it, but apparently it's awful. So maybe we should do a pod on it just so we could hear him rip it. I think that's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> 
I would. That's like well worth a two-hour pod right there. Sometimes for sure. torturing Steve is half the point of doing a podcast. <laughs> I completely agree. Nick Castle also directed the '90s Dennis the Menace, which is another one of those bad kid movies, which again so prevalent in the '90s, kind of spawned from Home Alone. That's the one with Walter Matthau, right? It is. Yeah. Yeah. Good one. <laughs> Christopher Lloyd is yeah. the the grungy villain the hobo Dude, villain I, it's so okay i i enjoy christopher lloyd as an actor because i feel like he's so diverse like i never see him play the same character he's like, great dude like like in a matter of like what four or five years you go from back to the future dennis the menace what else was he doing around that time there was something else big oh um adam's family where he played uncle fester i mean like how the fuck do you go from from doc brown to homeless guy to (laughs) fester i mean those are like completely like total opposite ends of the spectrum let's not forget a couple he's in a couple big dumb movies angels in the outfield yeah and suburban commando but with with both of those, dude. I mean, well, no, with Angels in the Outfield, he played what five minutes. Yeah, he it was shooting such day. a weird like role for him. He was also in apparently one of the sequels. I didn't know this. I don't think when we did the pod, I don't remember. But there was Angels in the Infield as well, huh. and then there's like Angels in the End Zone or some shit, like the football one. <laughs> hey, it could happen. <laughs> it could happen. <laughs> that fucking kid. I hope JP's doing all right. <laughs> I've I've had this conversation with my wife before. We're like, I hate that kid right there, or I hate that thing just as much as Corey hates that kid from Angels in the Outfield. <laughs> it could happen, man. Oh god. So let's get into Major Pain, the movie itself. I, I have a feeling this podcast is just going to be an hour of me and you quoting this movie and probably doing bad Damon Wayne's impersonations, but... Yeah, I mean, literally, we could, like, plot out this movie in the next, like, 30 seconds and give you the entire storyline, and the rest of it would just be pure comedy of us sounding like assholes. I think we quoted this movie a lot. At least I did. Oh, for sure. Dude, I still quote this movie, like, you know, like, I don't, I'm wrestling with the kids or something, and I'm like, I can't feel my legs. Jonathan, they ain't there. <laughs> Unless you can flip upside down and walk on your hands, you ain't gonna make it. <laughs> so I picked him up and his nubbies. <laughs> God damn it. I knew this was gonna happen. Uh, oh, well, I apologize to our listeners. Sorry, guys, we're going to go back to being in fifth grade right now (laughs) for the next hour. I really apologize. What I think is good is that this movie has what we would call it spoilers, a really strong cold open, meaning the first thing you see in this movie is a great setup of the lead character. What did you think about the intro? It's major pain in war. The first thing is that I think that they really set him up is they play the theme song or the um, the song Bad to the Bone, George Thorogood. Like, you play that song, dude, you know you're going to get a badass on screen. You know, like, there's no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. That song, to me, is just Problem Child. So when I hear it, I think Problem Child. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, you got to disassociate that, man. Like... It, that that song is so much more powerful than that little piece of shit kid, dude. He's so ugly too. Like, dude, dude, I'm sorry, but like, I got a thing for ugly kids. Dude, that's man. my friend. 
<laughs> he is literally my friend. No way. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I didn't know that. <laughs> he's, a, he's a cool guy. <laughs> anyway. Dude, anybody who gives John Ritter that hard of a time, they can kiss my ass. <laughs> <laughs> script or not <laughs> you're just mad at him because he was abusing john murder yeah dude he was a nice guy man he didn't deserve that shit and he was trying to raise that kid little dickhead but major pain at war is is a pretty good way to show like that this guy isn't full of shit like he is like a serious badass when it comes to doing what he does he's in like south america taking down some like guerrilla army with they, the U.S. military. They're they're taking down... They're on, like, a secret mission to take down this South American uh, drug lord and uh, drug manufacturing warehouse, I guess. Yeah, and they just, like, they go in and they just sweep through and just start killing everybody. And it's, it's so funny because he's so, like, nonchalant about being there and being in war. He's, like, skipping, like, through the jungle just killing people. He's really know? in his element. Yeah, for sure. Like, he is in the zone. He, he's kind of a one-man army, and we see that because he kind of, like, takes the leader and takes them all hostage, and, like, he pretty much ends it single-handedly. Yeah. But he also breaks his friend's finger. Yeah, he sure does. <laughs> but for good reason. And where that where that leads us is after whatever that whole thing is done and he goes back to Pendleton, he doesn't get promoted, and so he's discharged. So basically, like, he doesn't really have anything to do. And we get a little bit of him trying to live the civilian life. He tries to go into law enforcement, but that doesn't work out, does it? No, he had to go through a, uh, a scenario where he has to dis disengage a, an, an assault situation. Diffuse a domestic disturbance. There you go. That That's how. <laughs> uh, yeah, there you go. And then, and so what he ends up doing is just beating the shit out of the husband <laughs> who didn't even, like, really hit her. Right? No. Like, no, it was pretend. all pretend, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah. Your objective is to effectively neutralize the situation. Neutralize. Begin. So he kicks this guy's he ass. He took it way too serious. Ends up in jail, gets a second chance. So they say, all right, you can basically go be the drill sergeant at this junior ROTC program in this military academy or private school, whatever it may be. Yeah. And that's, that's what this movie is, right? It's him being in charge of a bunch of kids at a military academy. It's like a Mighty Ducks kind of scenario. They're like the worst of the other private schools. Right. They're all like the reject kids. They are the reject kids. Yeah. Can can I go back just one second, please? Because I just don't want to offend any of our listeners that may be in the service. Just so we know, Camp Pendleton that they call it in that movie is not actually in Virginia. It's here in California. So You're right. It's in San Diego. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So anyways, I just wanted to note that out. We we do know that, guys. <laughs> Thank you. So the kids. Oh, so, all right. So he goes to meet up with the green, but, well, he goes to and, and checks in with the principal. Remember that? And, like, the principal has, like, a bunch of fucking bugs flying around and butterflies and stuff. 
Yeah, I think the setup with the like principal, I didn't understand that. Like I didn't feel like that was needed in the movie at all. I think what they're trying to do is say this guy is so out of touch that no matter what Major Payne does, like this guy is not going to give a shit. Yeah. So basically they're saying there is no authority above him that will intercede. So he can basically abuse the children as much as he wants and he kind of does, but in a lot of ways they deserve it. Yeah. But there's also like a rewarding outcome. What do you mean? Well, to the kids, it feels like he's being really mean or harsh or whatever. But in the big picture, there's a positive outcome for whatever it is, that whatever lesson it is that he's trying to instill upon the kids. Yeah, no, I agree with that. So as much as it seems like torture or abuse or whatever, there, there is a bigger message. So of the kids, we have, uh, what, the goofy, freckled, redheaded kid? Rem- reminded me of my cousin Shane when I was rewatching this. <laughs> you know him. But yeah. that kid grew up to be an American Pie. He was the Shermanator. Yeah, that's funny. And I'll, I'll never forget when, um, so when, like, when he sneezes, when they're all, like, all the kids are in line, right? Like, where, you, where they meet them all, and he starts sneezing, he turns around, he goes, What the hell was that, you little freckle-faced cartoon? Did I give you permission to sneeze, Obey? No, sir. Then you hold it in, you big-eared turd. Otherwise, I'll kick your ass back to Mayberry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's so good. (laughs) Like, the insults in here, they're so, like, PG on most of them. But it's like, they're so good. It just just works so well. Like, you just ruin that kid, you know? face cartoon dude like who calls somebody a cartoon oh so good there's tiger who's the little kid he's like six years old like little he doesn't have to endure a lot of the stuff that the other kids have to do because he's very small but uh while they're all in the line and they're meeting major pain the first time he, he pees his pants and um the major i believe threatens to rip his dick off He says something to the effect of like, I'm, you better hold it next time or I'm going to rip it off and step all over it or yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> so good. There's the obligatory fat kid. Heathcote. Heathcote. Like so- who the fuck names their kid Heathcote, dude? That's like, that's like naming your kid Roger in the nineties, you know, like Heathcote. Oh, dude. <laughs> Uh, I picture his dad being equally as fat and like bald on the top with hair on the sides and like a big kind of a mustache. The dad from he's always got Yeah. And then he's always got like a mustard stain on his shirt or something because he's always every time he goes to get gas, he's getting a hot dog or two. Heathcote like snorts when he laughs. So they, they like fit in these little fat jokes. And sometimes when we see him, he's like eating food, you know? Yeah. They got all these strict rules, but he's allowed to like carry around chips wherever he goes. <laughs> what are you laughing at, pig boy? You find a piece of candy in your pocket? No, sir. What's your name, Tubby? Heathcote, sir. Heathcote. You know you remind me of the doughboy. If I poke your stomach, will it make you go? Oh, oh my God. The redheaded kid's name was Wooliger, by the way. Oh, okay, good. One of the kids is an older kid, but he's he's deaf. Yeah. And I I never really put it together, but when the major's yelling at him to do something, 
I don't know how he knows what the fuck to do. Like when he, you know, when they're doing their like parade drills. Yeah. Like lift face and all that shit. Well, when they're when they're in the line and he's introducing himself to all the kids, uh, he asks them if he can read lips, and he says yeah. Okay. And so that's when he gives them the sign language when he's like, if you don't answer me when, when I, I speak, speak to, you. to you, I'm gonna put my foot in your ass. <laughs> <laughs> that is something I used to say when I was a kid a lot. Like that, so good. I, I ripped that right out of this movie. I think my whole personality in my elementary school years was based yeah. on like Major Pain, Happy Gilmore, and maybe yeah. a couple other movies. Yeah. Well, the most important part of that 10 seconds, though, is the three and three, <laughs> which I still say today, and, and I'm so sorry. <laughs> three and three. To For- the deaf listeners. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to the deaf listeners. <laughs> to the people that like just watch our podcast on YouTube with the subtitles on that can't hear it. Wait, we have subtitles? Uh, YouTube can do subtitles automatically, apparently. Whoa. But I have found since I kind of mumble a lot, it gets me wrong. Yeah. So yeah, anyway. But yeah, I say... That's not, that's not any worse than us watching a movie that's been translated from like Chinese or something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> But I, I, I say that too sometimes. Three at third. Yeah, exactly, dude. <laughs> the thing is, this movie is not PC. Like, not by at any all. means. Like, this movie is pretty hardcore. Like, th- this was, this whole movie was just gold when we were kids, right? Yeah. Like, and, and rewatching this over the last couple days, I'm just like, holy shit. Like, this, you could not make a movie like this today. No, I agree. I, it, it wouldn't fly, for sure. Like you're, they're targeting, like, all sorts of different races, colors, um, the deaf. Like, I mean, come on, man. Major Payne talks about Charlie a lot, doesn't he? You get no pity from me. You think your tears will stop Charlie from taking his bayonet and sticking in your little tiny heart? He brings it up as if he's been in the Vietnam War, which was like in the '60s and '70s, but he's only like. A thirty-year-old guy. So, yeah. like, well, I think he's been in like a lot of secret ops missions, and that's why he holds the rank that he does. No, I, I mean, know majors but, way up. But there. he's always using the slang for like the northern, like the Viet Cong. He's always saying yeah. Charlie. Like, he's like, you think Charlie would give a shit? Yeah, I don't. I, you know, I, I may have just like totally overlooked that whole Charlie reference. Oh, dude, he brings it up a lot. And then there's yeah. um, there's Williams, which is one of the older kids. And he is related to Damon Wayans. In fact, his name is Damian Wayans, yeah. right? He's his, yeah, that's his nephew. Yeah. yeah. He's like, what, the cool urban kid? Like, what's, yeah. what's his stereotype? I mean, they're all stereotypes, right? Yeah, he, he's like the total, like, like the hip-hop kid. He yeah. can dance. He's cool. He's got, you know, he talks in slang. He's always, like, making rhymes and shit. Yeah, exactly. At first, Which, he thinks the major is cool. Pure genius. Who you, Red Fox? No, better yet, you rich pride. What's your name, girlfriend? Dwight Williams, but boys call me D, so you call me D. D. Yeah, brother? Yeah, like the way I handle these white boys, D. <laughs> oh, yeah. You think you feel good to see a black man run that, huh? <laughs> Malcolm X. But let me tell you something, D. Yeah, brother? Why don't you come close? <laughs> Now, you know, 
he went on to do um, Malibu's Most Wanted. Yes, he was. The, he was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he got a game cast. Yeah, I got. I got a game cast. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's there's GameCube and Dreamcast. Yeah, I got GameCast. I can't afford it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so good. I, I picture that's another like really funny movie that you also hate. I, I liked it at the time. Of course, like who didn't when we were in what ninety nine? <laughs> yeah, or whenever. Ninety eight. Yeah, who knows? We also like you get we get introduced to um oh what's that fucking kid's name uh D- D- Dutton Dotson Dotson's like the squad yeah. leader yeah fuck that kid dude he's <laughs> like the overachiever he's the ego the the teacher's pet of the ROTC yeah for sure yes sir first exercise will be the side straddle hop and he has a really good voice for what he's doing though doesn't he doesn't he have like the perfect like squad leader scream yeah like he just went through puberty like at the right time <laughs> you know like he he's just enough to be able to have like a raspy kind of like manly-ish <laughs> scream without without his voice cracking yeah uh, the leader of the kids so the main kid the leader of the bunch we meet him last because he shows up late alex stone he shows up looking like it's 1995. That, there's the timestamp on it. Man. I I thought I got total like John Bender vibes from him. Okay. From Breakfast Club. Maybe because he looks like he's 30. <laughs> well, that and maybe because he's like wearing a flannel and, you know, I don't know. stuff. He's like got like that. the leather jacket, 90s hair, tie dye t-shirt. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. But he's like, he's too cool for school. But then once you get his backstory later on, you kind of understand like where where he gets his personality from. The thing that just struck me about him this time around is just how old he is. Like, And I, I had to look it up. He's actually only 20 years old when this movie came out, but he looks older, dude. He has a square jaw, man. Dude, yeah, he's the guy that like probably could have been buying beer at like 16. He looks like he's the same age as Damon Wayne's. Easily, yeah. dude. Yeah, like they served in the military together. Plus, he's like jacked. For sure, like he, uh, yeah, he he does not have a, a junior high school, high school body. There was one more kid. I didn't get this joke, dude. And and he was like, he was kind of a little like Italian or Jewish looking kid, and he kept calling him ass eyes. And I didn't understand what that was. Dude. What like, are you looking at, ass eyes? Yeah, what the hell? Like, what a weird like <laughs> insult. It's because the dude is like slightly cross-eyed. Yeah, but what does that have to do with an ass? I have no idea. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. You notice that every time he, like, was yelling at the top of his lungs, his eyes went, like, all, all cross-eyed? Oh, yeah. The, the filmmakers, like, love that. You can tell because they, when the whole squad is yelling, yeah. they put the camera on that kid. Yeah, like, at least four or five times. <laughs> yeah. They love to fucking close up that kid. But uh, they get off on the wrong foot with Major. You, you get the idea that the kids pushed around the last drill sergeant and they were, like, in charge. But Major Payne ain't having that. Like, he's a tough motherfucker. Like, he shows up and he starts firing a gun to get him to shut the fuck up. Like, you know, he's he's, yeah. he's tough. Yeah, he, he pops off like six rounds and these kids all start pissing themselves. They're like, oh shit, he, he's not fucking around. He takes them out of their really nice dorm room and like puts them in this like off-site, really shitty barracks, which looks like, I don't know, like the barracks you'd stay at in Vietnam. Like, it's not good conditions. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it looks like like the tool shed out in the back. 
Yeah. You know, where they would park like the tractor or something or the lawnmowers. Yes, it's a converted big tool shed. That's yeah. what it looks like. Yeah, for sure. Hey, did you notice for a piece of nostalgia here? Did you notice that like um, before they got moved to the barracks when they were in their normal like dorm rooms and Heathcote had the top bunk, right? And he's like grinding on a bag of chips or something, but he's also got that thigh master. Oh my god, a thigh master! Yeah, we had one of those at the house when I was a kid. We used to use that thing just to fuck around. <laughs> my grandma had one. I, I think every, pretty much every woman in the <laughs> 90s had one or knew somebody in the family who had one i think it was suzanne summers who sold those on infomercials and man yeah. they just made it into every household somehow yeah it was right. like taibo taibo was like in, everywhere too i i based this all off like what was in my grandma's house like if my grandma had it i considered it popular have you seen the the taibo guys doing a commercial again no not for taibo but it's like it's like for geico or something so the billy Billy Black Blanks or Billy Blanks? <laughs> wow, Billy Black. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't mean because he's black. I thought that was his name. It's been a long time, bro. <laughs> Give me a fucking break. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. You know what, dude? Okay, I secretly it's just I'm just trying to get you back for that time that you set Steve up when you were like, "All right, compare. Do you like Chris Rock better, or do you like? Oh, and I, I was know, whatever. Trying and, to get him to. Yeah, and you're like, so you're saying you don't like any black actors? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no, fuck you. <laughs> you know how I prepared that? I thought of the, I thought of a list of actors that were black that I knew Steve wouldn't like. Anyway, that's that's old, man. That's old shit. Why you got to bring up old shit? <laughs> Dude, that was a good pod though. <laughs> yeah, our most disliked pod on YouTube, Independence Day. <laughs> rude <laughs> oh well anyways uh there was one thing that i wanted to bring up i i kind of skipped over it but when major Payne is living the civilian life before he like tries to join law enforcement he's like in his apartment and he's like kind of having a breakdown you know he eats the rat and it's like he's like self-monologuing that's a parody of apocalypse now martin sheen has a scene exactly like that and they're doing the like the slow tai chi and everything and he's yeah. like he's like talking about how he needs to get back he's got to get back in the shit yeah every minute i stay in this room i get weaker and every minute charlie squats in the bush he gets stronger i feel i'm getting weaker while charlie's growing stronger in the jungle i can't lose my edge i gotta keep my strength up gotta maintain discipline so anyway oh, i never even thought about that good call i gotta put that on imdb i was surprised that it wasn't one of the facts yeah yeah you definitely should submit that anyway so a lot of the movie pretty much the whole movie until the end is the kids trying to fuck over major pain somehow because they don't want him to be in charge so they want to get him fired or they want to like get revenge on him or they want to they want to get rid of him right so let's talk about that what are some of your favorites? Let's just go with one. Like, what's a what's a key moment for you? My number one favorite, because there was just, there was so much thought that went into this and planning that had to go into it and the utter disappointment when it didn't work out was just hilarious to me. And this was where 
they took the time to make one single cupcake <laughs> and fill it with like, I don't know, an entire box of laxatives or whatever the fuck they used. And because they just wanted him to basically like his insides to be on his outsides. <laughs> and so they made a cupcake look exactly like the cafeteria cupcake. They swapped it out um, while they pranked him, told him there was a phone call. He came back and he just, he ate his cupcake and they're like, okay, any second now, any second now, he's going to go shit himself. And he just like rips this like huge fart and uh, the Shermanator passes out. <laughs> and like, that was it. What I think is funny about that, and it's so fast, but it's not just a laxative, like a store-bought. They have one of them, one of the kids, chemically produces a special laxative. Like, they have to make it in a lab. It, there's one scene where they're in this, like, laboratory, and there's fucking chemicals, there's beakers, there's yeah. tubes and dry ice, different colored Kool-Aids in each of the fucking test tubes, and he's like... This laxative will take out a small army. He's like the smart kid, whatever, you know? Yeah. I just thought that was like so fucking 90s that they had they had it manufactured that way. Of course, yeah. he made it with this dumb fucking chemistry set. But yeah, that, that is a good one. And the, the sound design of his stomach rumbling, it sounds like plumbing. Like, that is a good bit of sound design. I love that. Yeah, for sure, it works. I mean, I think that plays to the fact that Oh man, I don't remember if he was, is he a, a Marine or is he in the army? He's a Marine. Yeah. Right. So like, you know, they, they, they can handle anything. They got, you know, a stomach, like a freaking, you know, a tank. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that works out good. There's a few others in there that are noteworthy to me. In fact, I really like all of them, but at one point they hire someone to just fucking beat the shit out of them. Like, this is kind of when they're actually running out of ideas. Like, they're like, what can we do to get rid of this fucking guy? Yeah. We'll hire someone more badass to fuck him up. Right. Now, what the audience knows, there's no one more badass than Major Payne. So, of course, this plan is going to fail. But do you know who they hire? Oh, I know who they hire. <laughs> do you know who they hire? <laughs> they hire Bam Bam Bigelow. Exactly. Bam Bam! They hire a WWF wrestler. You know what's funny, though, is like... He wasn't really all that like badass and scary to me <laughs> outside outside the ring. I just he was just kind of eh. He just looked like a fat like hunched over biker guy. Imagine if they got Goldberg. Now that would be scary, dude. <laughs> dude, I've seen Goldberg. I've met him in real life. Like he is a big motherfucker, dude. <laughs> scary. Gold you met Goldberg? Yeah. How do you meet these people? Uh, I met him in Vegas at a uh, um, car convention. Huh. Yeah. Was he just like observing the car convention or was uh, he like... No, he had like a couple cars that he had built and, and like co-sponsored and stuff and, and had brought them into the show and submitted them. Wow. So yeah, it's a huge like... I, I don't know if you've ever been to um, the uh, Consumer Electronics Show or CES. seen... Yeah, CES, right? So they have another one in October called SEMA. And um, this one's strictly related to car products. It's it's the CES of the car world. And um, anyway, it takes up the whole entire like Las Vegas Convention Center, inside, outside, everywhere. It's a Steve deal. I'm I'm sure he goes, but yeah, um, you know. Anyways, that's so, cool. I, I guess we'll yeah. go on a little tangent here. I didn't quite meet Damon Wayans. 
But one time I was at a restaurant in Hollywood and he was at the table right next to me. Nice. So my dad and his girlfriend. I'm going to say that's close enough. Yeah, close enough. Yeah. My dad and his girlfriend, they kind of like know celebrities, some okay. of them. And there was a couple minor celebrities that were at in our party and they knew Damon Wayans and they were talking to Damon Wayans. They realized that he was next to us. So our my table was talking to him at his table. Yeah. Not me. I wasn't involved, but I was there. I was very close to him. You you met him. <laughs> I, I, I'd say I, I'd give you the, the credit. People were going up to him asking to take a picture. Yeah. This was like more than 10 years ago. But yeah. anyway, Bam Bam Bigelow. Yeah. He shows up maybe a little bit less intimidating than he should be. You know what it probably really was, though? It was probably the line delivery and stuff like that. You pain? Yeah, it was just really bad the way that it was delivered. His act, the way his body language was bad. I mean, I think if he would have just stuck to something more like his ring character, I think he would have been a lot more intimidating. You know, I heard you've been giving these boys a hard time. In fact, I heard you couldn't cut it in a real man's military. I heard that it's time for you to leave. There could have been some better wrestler options, but they didn't have the biggest budget in the world. <laughs> so anyway, he was probably on set <laughs> for, for another, I don't know, another interview or something. I was trying to think, Is it, I, I think it was Vader that was actually in Boy Meets World. I was going to say it was Bam Bam Bigelow, but anyway, uh, Payne kicks his ass pretty good, but he gets one shot in. At least one. He made him bleed his own blood. I think the other the other prank was uh, they made Heathcote wear a dress, yes. and then and then he had to go lay down with pain while he was asleep, right? Uh, and then they were going to take a picture of it and use that as evidence against him that he like touches little boys or something. Let's, let's like, just hold know, on that weird. for a second. Yeah. So the plan is one of the kids going to sneak in bed with pain. They're going to take a photo. It's going to look like a kid is in bed with him, but the dress. Why? Why the dress? Why does the kid have to be wearing a dress for that to occur? See, that's funny that you ask why the dress. I ask why the tripod. Like, <laughs> why, why did they need to bring a whole tripod in there and set the camera up on the tripod and then take the picture? Why not just fucking hold the camera and take the picture? It was very professional the way they handled the photo shoot of that. <laughs> Apparently. Because he's like, all right, lean in closer. Yeah. All right, now put your arm... Like, they're really setting it up like it's a fucking... Like a JCPenney, like, photo shoot. Yeah, like, for know, sure. Like, it's going to go in the JCPenney catalog yeah. for Christmas. Damon Wayans <laughs> yeah. and the little boy in a dress. Yeah. Wow. So when I was a kid, I was kind of like, are they... Is he wearing a dress because they have to pretend it's a girl? Or are they, like, downplaying the fact that, like, they're trying to make him look like a molester? Listen... We're going to have to prove that pain did something so vile, so perverse, so disgusting, that Phillips would have no choice but to fire him. I, don't, I really don't... I didn't understand, but I never really wanted to put too much thought <laughs> into that anyways. And I that that's one of the things about this movie that just doesn't hold up for today i don't think you could do that <laughs> no like no way i mean i still like it but you can't i like it for what 1995 yeah but i don't like it for 2021 i see you've gone you've gone too pc on me jonathan i got kids dude <laughs> you know <laughs> and and not that that even means anything because 
some of the shit that I like is so wrong. So. So some of the things that Payne does to punish the kids. First thing off, he shaves all their heads. He bicks them down, right? So they're all, and this yeah. is all, I feel like semi-realistic, like this is probably what would happen in an intense boot camp when you're a kid, right? They might shave your head. I mean, when when you enlist into boot camp anyways, they shave your head. That's the first thing they do. Right. You don't get to have a, a hairstyle. I, I mean, not that far off. But they take it pretty hard. But I, I mean, looking at it now as an adult, I'm like, okay, kind of realistic. He makes them do their little obstacle course. You know, he wants them to win the Virginia military games. That's right. basically why he was hired. They have been losing and he, they brought in pain to make them win. He has that grenade though. That's, I mean, that is a little bit extreme, but like. He doesn't throw it at them. <laughs> no, I mean, he throws it in the other direction. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it's a pretty good fucking motivator. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if there was a live grenade, I'd be running. I, I don't know what kind of force those things have. Dude, I, I don't care if it was fake or not. Somebody pulls that thing out and pulls a pin, I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> when the kids misbehave, at one point, he, like, makes them sit in this, like, mud pits i guess and sprays their faces with water and i was just thinking yeah. about how agonizing that would be like yeah. on screen it doesn't look that bad but putting yourself in their shoes mm-mm. yeah that was that was after the the quote-unquote photo shoot photo shoot photo shoot photo shoot Fody. <laughs> i was thinking because he says hello betty <laughs> when he wakes up um Anyways, that was right after that. That was punishment for the photo shoot. And so he, he basically him... made them dig like a six foot deep like trench and then they stand in it. That's what they should have shown. Yeah. Dig a six foot hole because then you feel like yeah. you're digging your own grave. Right. And then go stand in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's a little oh, too God. morbid. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but instead, let's fill it with mud. Let me spray you in the face with the hose. <laughs> like that takes me back to Billy Madison when the guy was spraying the kid with the water hose. <laughs> I don't know you, mister. <laughs> Please. <laughs> he makes the kids wear the dresses because Heathcote wore a dress when he was in bed with them. So he makes them run around the campus, kind of publicly humiliates them. And then right after that is where Mrs. Uh, I'm sorry, Miss Walburn, who is the lead female character, and she's like the school like psychologist or something, right? Counselor. Counselor. Okay. Counselor slash nurse slash all the above. Slash only other adult at this fucking school. <laughs> yeah. Besides like the loony principal. Yeah. Um. So she like inquires upon why they're running around in the dresses and stuff, and then she ends up giving pain like a video with instructions on how to be like a more positive reinforcement type role model. Oh, the book. Yeah. The book. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The ABC of the loving male role model. Yeah, that's right. So we haven't talked about Miss Walburn yet. Uh, she's played by an actress named Karen Parsons, who a lot of people probably best know from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. She was Hillary. You only know her as Hillary <laughs> from Fresh Prince. <laughs> only. What do you think about Miss Walburn? Besides the fact that she's smoking hot. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there is that. <laughs> there is that. <laughs> um, she dresses very unique for a teacher, right? <laughs> for, for a counselor with boys and girls of all ages. Actually, were there any girls at that school? I don't think so. It might so. have been all boys. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. That, that now it seems a little less fitting, <laughs> um, like six year old to seniors in high school. Still senior citizens, fucking cadet Alex Stone. I'm pretty sure is 45. Uh, yeah. He's almost, he, he's like three quarters away to AARP membership already. <laughs> yes. You know, it's like, you know what he's looking at when she's walking up the stairs. Um, totally inappropriate dress. I mean, at least put some pants on, you know, she's the Something one that's like trying that. to like guide major pain into being like a more sensitive man and that is not him so like that's like the clash he has some good moments though yeah when it comes to like trying to accept this change because she she's kind of pushing him around a little bit with her hotness like she's kind of you know she's kind of like getting close to him she says why don't you and i become partners in the emotional growth and development of these little ones what do you say can you be my big helper and help me do that? Yes. So yeah. she kind of, I, I kind of felt that. now as an adult watching that, I kind of felt like that was like a little bit of like a mommy complex or something like, like he didn't have, or maybe lost his mother or something at a young age. And that's why he resorted to like the military and only being stuck there because it was like, you know, be my little special helper, you know, <laughs> That that makes sense to me. It's good psychology. Yeah. One of the moments with him and his like trying to change is like Tiger shows up one night in his office and says like, there's a scary man in my room. And, you know, he tries to like be nice. <laughs> I think he says something like, you get on out in my face while I pick you up and toss you out that window. During, during that whole time. So he was having a conversation with, Walburn, Miss Walburn, right? And he's telling her to like let take her titty out of his mouth. Like it was such a like odd reference, and stop right? Babying like, him, yeah. Instead of like just going with the babying, like you know, talk about like nerd, like coddling him or whatever. He's like, take your titty out his mouth, and he said it like four or five times, right? I said, pop your titty out his mouth. And stop babying him. And then that was when Tiger came in and said that he was scared of whatever in the closet. And Payne goes over there and like unloads like five shots into the fucking closet. And he's like, well, <laughs> if he's still in there, he ain't happy. <laughs> so Tiger was all like stoked about it. You know, he was like, well, if he's still in there, he ain't happy. <laughs> I love Tiger's line after that. He doesn't even know what that means. Yeah. He doesn't. You know, I thought Tiger was a surprisingly good actor for his age. I watched it with my wife and she was kind of iffy on him, but I, th I thought that little kid did all right. Dude, that, it, it's got to be really hard to get a five, six-year-old kid, maybe, to, to really execute lines and delivery and and body language and he did a really good job throughout the entire movie yeah i think so too yeah. i think all around considering that it's like a 90s comedy and it's meant to be goofy a lot of the time like the acting is like pretty good major pain is like a really over the top ridiculous character but i think and i've never been in the military but i think drill sergeants sometimes have a tendency to be that way and i'm basing this all off full metal jacket <laughs> Yeah. Because the drill sergeant in that movie, you've seen Full Metal Jacket, right? Absolutely. He was a real drill sergeant for the Marines. So, like, 
there's some kind of similar vibes where it's like it's so crazy that it's kind of funny you know well i um i was reading somewhere recently and they're talking about um drill sergeants that it's not really that's not really them like it's it's a role that they play and it's like it's almost like instantaneous like improv and just this persona that they have to put on for the post like while they're on that job and then most of them can can totally just turn it off and and leave it alone when they're when they're off post that's pretty cool yeah yeah Yeah, i guess that makes sense i mean there's no way that you need to go through life acting like that like that's just like way dramatic and i think that's one of the like where part of that parody comes from and and pain just doesn't know when to turn it off or how to turn it off maybe you know, and then that kind of goes with that line where he says, well, if the Marines wanted me to have a wife, they would have issued me one. Exactly. You know, and that 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 persona, he just he just can't turn it off. Miss Walburn and Payne, they start to get a little bit closer after Payne kind of opens up to Tiger a little bit in his own unique way again in a different scene when he reads him a bedtime story. There's kind of like two stories going on at this time, but for now, I'll just focus on this one. Tiger is like upset that he can't go with the older kids on their like black op mission. So like Payne kind of tells him the story of the little engine that could in his own like unique Benson Payne kind of way where it like it turns into like a fucking Vietnam like war zone. He's like, there was Charlie everywhere. They were popping out the eyeballs of the conductor (laughs) and it starts to get like real personal for him. You can tell. Yeah. But Miss Walburn's kind of impressed by all that. And she goes on a date with him, like an actual date. And they go out to like a nightclub. Yeah, like how does how does that even happen? It was already like nine o'clock at night and they decide <laughs> that they're going to go out like that night. I was also doing the math on that. Yeah, it was very late. Yeah. And then they go to dinner and this nightclub is just fucking popping. Like, right. I, I guess there's right, just a- right next door to Camp Pendleton. <laughs> yeah, Virginia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But whatever. I mean, you don't really ask these kind of questions in the movie. I guess you're not supposed to anyway. Yeah. What did you think about their date? This was really one of my favorite bits when I was a kid. (laughs) It's kind of funny because there's this the the beginning part where they are ordering dinner or whatever. And he like just scarfs down all of his food in about 30 seconds. Like that's legit how like a Marine eats their food like all the time. Just because they're trained to do that. Like you eat when you can eat. And who knows when your next meal is going to be. So you get it done as fast as possible. And that's another one of those things that he just can't turn off. And so she's just kind of like, uh, that was pretty fucking disgusting. Like, I I don't think I'm going to eat now. (laughs) And then she starts like interrogating, not really interrogating. She just wants to get to know him, like really know like where he's coming from. I think I, and I kind of wasn't really sure if that was the counselor side of her the psychologist kind of side or if that was her genuine like what did you think i thought she wanted to see if there was anything outside of military that was in his head and the answer for the most part was no but she does kind of get a little bit beneath the surface when she finds out that he likes to dance yeah and the dance scene was like my favorite thing as a kid oh absolutely i mean like that's probably one of my first like memories of seeing somebody do a robot (laughs) <laughs> you like know, an and like, he good. killed it. Dude. Yeah, he killed it. He did so good. The thing is, the robot was an old like '70s dance, and it was actually really cool. But somehow, 
in the 90s and later it became like this joke where people would just do it bad so like if you see like is like zoolander or something when they're doing the robot it's just like them just like moving their arms at their elbows like that yeah. you know it's but I, I don't know, I love seeing it done like right. And he can do it good. But man. he did a really bad robot, like really good. Like it was so like smooth. No, he did and... it good. Just good. Well, no, no. I, let, let's, let me clarify. I'm talking about like where you talked about starting to do bad robots was kind of a thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like he, he took the robot from the old 70s, 80s moves or whatever, made him into his own moves in a new fashion. It worked and did, really and well. And did that, yeah. Yeah, I think it, I, I think that scene was like great. And he doesn't just do that though, he like tries to do like other like old dances, like he does the cabbage patch. He does the cabbage patch, the moonwalk forwards and backwards. Pretty cool. Yeah. What's funny is, so uh, one of my other notes is that in this movie, the song that was playing during all of that was a song called Pop That Coochie Two Life by crew. Two Life Crew. Yeah. Like, dude, this is a fucking kid's movie. Like, that is not cool. <laughs> that <laughs> like, is the first time I ever heard the word coochie. Really? Yeah, legit. Wow. Yeah. All right. You want to know a little interesting tidbit? So Damon and Two Life Crew were like beefing at the time of this, and he used their song anyways. Okay. So... Because Two Life Crew was pretty like vile and vulgar considered for like for the time, mm -hmm. right? So, in In Living Color, they did a skit and they were kind of poking fun at Two Life Crew. So on the next album, Two Life Crew made fun of the Wayans. Okay. And so and that was at the same time that that this movie was being made. So they were kind of beefing, and then he used their song in the movie anyway. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Random. They diss track the Wayans. That's awesome. Yeah. I'd love to hear that. It, it exists. It's out there. It's on an album. So while the whole date is going on, all the kids are on this like black op to steal the Virginia military games trophy from the school that won it last year. Basically, Payne says, if you give me that trophy, I'll resign my command. So they go to steal it. And it's a, it's a setup. They go there. They get jumped. It's like you're kind of like PG kind of like fight because they have like a little bit of bruises, but they're not like that fucked up, you know? Yeah. Did you notice Alex's face was like the most fucked up? <laughs> like he's covered in like green bruises and stuff. And even Payne like makes a mention of it. He, he talks about like bruise face or something. Then let's win it, you bruised up turd. Yeah, he's the one that can be bruised because the other kids are all too little to look all fucked up. I think that's yeah, the rule. Yeah, dude, like little little Shermanator, man. He would have been <laughs> fucked up. Fucking freckle face cartoon. <laughs> Fucking freckle face cartoon with a bunch of bruises, dude. Oh, poor kid. Uh, but this is kind of where the movie turns, at least in the next few scenes, because shortly after that, like the next day or whatever, it's parents' day, and... What, what I found interesting is that none of the kids' parents actually show up. Not not only just like Alex, but like all the kids. Yeah. It really goes to show like these are really the reject kids. They're in the ROTC military program because they like have nothing else. It's like evident like their parents don't really care about them, at least not enough to visit them. So that's kind of sad actually. Yeah, they give like a bunch of excuses of why their parents were going to come. Like one kid even said like, oh, I told my parents not to come because I have allergies. Mm-hmm. I was like, what the hell? 
I mean, Alex's parent showed up, but it wasn't even his real parent. Yeah, it was it was Michael Ironside. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, how the fuck did they get him for that <laughs> stupid ass role? You know, he is second build in this movie. When yeah. you look at the list of actors as yeah. in the um, IMDb or in the opening credits, Michael Ironside number two. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, it's it's, it's a trip, but he's not in it for that long. He has a few lines and stuff, but basically, you can tell he's like an alcoholic. Yeah, not a good dad. He he slaps. Not around. even a good stepdad. Slaps around Alex, and then Major Payne like steps in and kind of protects him. Like Major Payne's the new fatherly figure, and it's around here that the kids decide we're gonna work hard, we're gonna get this trophy, and we're gonna do this thing. And it takes us to our like training montage, which you gotta love about a movie. You can do anything in a montage, man. <laughs> you can get from point A to B real fast in a montage. Yeah, I they they went from. Zero to 100 in about, like, I don't know, 22 seconds in that montage. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? What I, um, one of the other scenes during that montage that I, I never really picked up on before, or maybe I did and I never really gave it a lot of thought, but the fact that Payne was so defensive of his whistle in a previous scene and he ended up letting Miss Walburn blow his whistle in there like that really showed a lot to his character like how he was actually opening up and and she was i don't want to say she was getting the better of him because that's not really the right description but she was making him more comfortable in opening up to a life or visioning a life outside of of military lines good observation yeah. absolutely yeah. Small moment, but yeah, you're right. Small moment, but it was huge for him personally. Yeah. Uh, when they finish the montage, uh, Payne lets them know that they have graduated from turds to maggots. And they are ready to compete in the Virginia military games. But there's one hitch, Jonathan. Yeah, Payne gets reassigned. To Bosnia. To Bosnia. Yeah. He yeah. accepts this and he, he kind of... I mean, he basically leaves him, right? Yeah, he basically ditches him. I mean, he gets this opportunity of getting a promotion and getting back into into killing. <laughs> um, he was going to get a promotion up to a lieutenant colonel from his major post. And he just kind of said, fuck it, I'm out. I'll be, I'll be ready. And the, the last act of this movie is really, it's mostly spent at the Virginia military games. Payne is not there at the beginning, and the kids kind of have to do it on their own. Now, in my mind, at least from like when I was a kid, I kind of conflate this with heavyweights because they both end in this big competition of like the underdog heroes against like, you know, the the last year's winners. Right. Except heavyweights is way better in every way when it comes to the big like <laughs> relay race. Thing. I mean, go karts. Oh, they got it all, man! They got <laughs> trivia. They got go karts. They got shaving a balloon. What does this movie give us? It gives us like shooting range and fucking running. Yeah, right. Who wants to do any of that shit? It's way less fun. Yeah. I mean, it does kind of disappoint me, like when I watch it, because I just think of heavyweights and how much better that is. Yeah. This one, though, it gets a little goofy. So basically, Payne, who left the kids, changes his mind. And maybe you can tell me about that scene when he like realizes he needs to go back to the kids. It's pretty funny. Yeah, it is kind of funny. Um, 
<laughs> that's where uh uh charlie shows up <laughs> yeah um an actual like yeah Viet, an actual Viet charlie yeah. like dude that's exactly what i wrote down <laughs> Viet Cong fucking shows up so i was trying to figure out you have this guy who's such a high-ranking military officer sitting in a fucking like train station like come on dude he's not taking the train anywhere <laughs> like if they're if they needed him that bad in bosnia right fucking now they're putting him on a jet and they're taking right. him to bosnia he's not waiting for a train to get up to newark freaking you know <laughs> then gonna hop on a train on, on a newark. plane over to fucking jfk you know hmm? it's like dude <laughs> Get his fucking ass to Bosnia. No, he's sitting on a freaking... I love this shit that you notice. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. So, anyways, so he's sitting on this on this bench, and he sees this house right across the street, and it's kind of like... It's, it's a husband and wife and a child, and they're kind of like... Um, it's kind of a drab, little, like, miserable, little-looking house. Like, everything's kind of gray or whatever. And then he starts, like, visualizing himself with a life with with Miss Walburn and adopting Tiger and they got a golden retriever and he's out there like, you know, cooking weenies and burgers or whatever on the grill. And it's like that like white picket fence perfect life. I know what it is. It's a nuclear family. That's his vision. It's the fifties nuclear family. Even even to the point where the kids in the Boy Scouts, Tiger. Yeah. And um, Miss Walburn has her hair in like a ponytail with a scarf, like 50s style. Yeah. Like that's it, his... it, And then she's wearing like a polka dot dress or something like that too, right? Yeah, something like, that fits. Yeah. 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 And then his apron that says kiss the cook. That's why they kick. They kiss twice. <laughs> Did you notice that? <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. His, his grilling apron says kiss the cook. Perfect. Um. And then, and then you get Charlie Kong over there coming out of the the woods with a, a knife mounted to his his rifle or whatever. The bayonet, yeah. Yeah, and then Bane just fucking kills him, dude, like nothing. And they're just like, oh, one of those pesky Viet Congs again, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny that his ideal like world still involves him killing people occasionally. Yeah, like, but but now he's like protecting his family though. It's like it's as a long as he can kill someone. As long, yeah, as long as he can keep killing, for <laughs> sure. I love it. But yeah, his whole vision kind of like changes his mind, and he comes back, kind of like at the key moment because the competition it it was kind of going well for our heroes for Madison. That's the name of their school. Yeah. But Dotson, who switched schools, like trips Alex Stone at the very end so like there's a whole brawl that breaks out because they cheated yeah we forgot to say that um, Dotson switched schools after he was so embarrassed for um, running around campus in the dress yeah he ended up leaving and switching to Wellington exactly yeah and uh, the showdown like the final thing that's going to determine which school wins is the parade drill the parade drill is basically like each school showcasing their like uh, military calls. I don't know what else to how else to describe it. It's probably wrong what I'm saying, but like, can they march uniformly? It's can called they... drilling. Okay, they're doing the yeah. drilling, the parade drill. So yeah. it's like who can do it best, one school versus the other. And I guess they're pretty lax about the rules with this because you know Wellington does like what you're pretty standard 
junior ROTC that, thing? It looks like it would be pretty standard. I mean, they all probably have to come up with their own unique like form. It's almost like a kata, you know, Okay. <laughs> in, in military style. So, yeah, I mean, they must be like really relaxed or something on, on the rules of that because Madison's drill was just way 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 out of the ordinary it was just chaos i mean their their song was like it was all hip, hippity hopped out you know like, hip hop yeah hip hop anonymous <laughs> So here, let me set it up a little bit. So what Madison does is they they can't have the normal person that leads the drill lead it. So they have Tiger lead it. And, you know, he's a little tiny kid. And they do, like, this, like, weird song and dance. They come out and they're, like, chanting a song. And there's, like, the military drums making a beat. and then, But then, like, bass kicks in and, like, funk guitar. It's really weird. I, I thought it was so cool when I was a kid. And now I just think it's, like, so cringy. Like it's it really it is pretty hard I, to watch, dude. I I would rather see that than see those other little fuckheads like <laughs> do the standard drill, you know? Well, for sure, it's just like one of those things that's supposed to be so cool yeah. that I think is cool when I'm a kid, and then I grow up, I'm kind of ashamed that I thought it was cool. Yeah. Another dude, example. Watching the Shermanator do any kind of dance like is cringe though, for <laughs> that sure. That fucking freckle face cartoon. <laughs> you fucking freckle face cartoon can't dance with the shit. Um, here's another example. Do you remember the movie Revenge of the Nerds? Absolutely. The very end, they have that song. Yeah. I thought that was like the coolest thing I'd ever seen when I was a little kid. And okay. I, I can barely watch that now. Like, I, uh, it's hard for me to watch the whole thing, dude. Really? Dude, it's fucking cringe, dude. dude. <laughs> well, what do you expect? It was nerds from freaking 1987 or something, man. Like, dude. It's like... No human is that nerdy, first of all. <laughs> like, Do you want to talk about you growing <laughs> up? Dude, come on, dude. They, they could have fucking... You, you could have been the, the offspring. I was not of Revenge of, of the Nerds bad. Come on. <laughs> give me a break. You're on your way. <laughs> Meet in the middle. <laughs> clap your hands, everybody. And everybody clap your hands. We lambda, 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 and Omega Moon. And we've come here on stage tonight to do a show for you. We got a rockin' rhythm and a high-tech sound that'll make you move your body down to the ground. We got points. Uh, so because Madison's, like, parade drill is so unique and cool, they win. They win the trophy. They win the day, you know? And uh, they don't show a lot of, like, celebration in that regard. You, you get the vibe. They win. It like kind of like fades out and back into three months later. It shows the trophy in their school, and then it kind of just shows that like the story keeps going. Like Payne stays at the school. Uh, there's new kids coming in, and he's kind of like changed a little bit. Like his arc is kind of complete because he's had a change of heart. Like he's done with killing people. Now he wants to help kids in his own unique way, and he is a little bit nicer. But at the same time, like he still shaves the dog. Yeah. That that um that scene was fucking classic, dude. And he's like, "That's my blind C and I dog." And he's like, "The fuck would you ever want a blind dog for?" <laughs> I'm the one who's blind, you idiot. <laughs> and so he asks for his his field knife and ends up freaking 
scalping the guy and, and his dog. <laughs> scalping it? Right then he just scalped that fucking kid. <laughs> Close enough, man. Oh. He, yeah, that's an interesting point. He shaves their heads with his fucking fueled knife. What a lunatic. Yeah. Good God. That must be a sharp knife. Super sharp. Anyway, it ends with like a very classic 80s kind of 90s moment where it's just like an extreme close-up on pain, just laughing at the camera. That's just some good old-fashioned vibes, ain't it? Yeah, for sure. And we we uh, have failed to mention, he has one gold tooth that he loves to smile and show off that big gold tooth. Yeah. That makes that smile just that much more pleasant. <laughs> I mean, it's... It, to this day, it reminds me of major pain if I see a tooth like that. I don't I haven't seen one in a long time, but there was a time yeah. when I would occasionally see a metal tooth like that. Not necessarily gold, but you yeah. know, silver. Yeah. If I ever saw like kids that had like silver teeth or whatever, like I instantly thought they were bad kids. Dude. Like, I was like, they're fucking trouble, man. <laughs> So, Major Payne, do you have any final thoughts about the movie itself before ratings? Like, any points we missed that you thought were worth talking about? <laughs> he did call that blind kid uh, Ace Ventura. <laughs> did you notice that? Yes. Yeah. The dog. Yeah. No, I'm good, man. All right. I do have one other quick thought about the movie myself. There's a moment when they're training and during the last competition where they're, I think it's called jousting. Is that the right word? Where you have like the two pillows on the pole. Beating the shit out of each other. Yes. With like the hockey pads and the football helmet. Yeah. I was thinking about that. That that action is also done in in the army now. Like they train them to do that. So it might be a real military thing. I don't know. See, yeah. I base my knowledge of the military off 90s comedies. Clearly, I'm an expert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that's really only my area of expertise, like, in life. <laughs> like, 90s movies. But the reason I bring it up is I was thinking of that old game we used to play on NES, Skate or Die. Yeah. Do you remember that? I sure do. I was just thinking about the logistics of jousting and Skate or Die, because you have to do it. You, there's, you go against the computer. There's, you're, you're on a skateboard, on a half pipe, or in a bowl. Yeah. And you're holding one of those and you're doing it against another guy doing one of those. And I was just thinking about doing that in real life. Like imagine trying to skate a bowl while jousting another guy. Like, no fucking way, dude. Somebody's going to die <laughs> for <yeah>. sure. <laughs> Which speaking of jousting, you know how like medieval knights they used to joust with like the long pole yeah. and they ride a horse? Yeah. We used to do that when we were kids. I don't think with you, but like with some of my neighbors like when I lived by Tadell. Yeah. Um, we used to do that on bikes with hockey sticks, and we would use a no boogie board way. as a shield. So, like, you'd try to ride the bike, you kind of like hold it with your with your like, under your arms. You'd have the shield and the hockey stick, and then we'd ride at each other with the fucking hockey stick to knock each other off bikes. <laughs> That's gnarly, like, isn't it? Yeah. Like when I was a kid, I was thinking like this is kind of fun and like whatever, just one of the things you do as a kid. But as yeah. an adult, I'm like. That's horrifying. Yeah. Imagine seeing two little kids doing that. Wouldn't you stop them? <laughs> like, like, how did you guys not have broken femurs, you know? <laughs> like, oh, man. Like, as a parent now, if I saw my kids try to do that, I'd be like, fuck, I don't have insurance, dude. <laughs> Can't do this shit. <laughs> yeah, that's some, like, neck-breaking shit. Yeah. Well, before ratings, 
I have a question for you. Yeah. A question I haven't asked in a long time. Who is the Jesus character in the movie Major Pain? I, this, knew, I knew you were going to ask. This me. question is sponsored by Josh from Spoilers. Hi, Josh. Hey, Josh. I knew you were going to ask me this because you didn't come up with this question in time for Big Trouble <laughs> at the end of that pod. <laughs> you knew it was coming. Oh, fuck. And I, and I tried to think about it. And I'm going to have to say that for me, the Jesus character, uh, it's going to be Stone, Alex Stone. He was like born again. He was like left his old life in the past. He got rid of his troubles from being, you know, abandoned by his parents and his alcoholic father. He turned his life around. He's like a born again Christian. As a born again ROTC kid. <laughs> I, I don't want to say born again Christian because I don't want to offend anybody and I don't know anything about it. Okay. But I, I feel but I feel like he just personally had his own like rebirth. Like and he became like a little more at ease with himself and he was able to like lead and follow or or follow orders appropriately from pain and then be able to lead the rest of his ROTC crew. Okay. So, you're right that it's Alex Stone, but you're yeah. wrong about why. Yeah. So, this is, it still counts. You're still right. All right. The reason he's a Jesus character is because he is as old as Jesus Christ. This kid is fucking old, man. <laughs> Shut the this fuck kid, up. He is not a child. He is. <laughs> this kid has been oh, around for a while. <laughs> oh, no. He was born in 3 BC. It's like, <laughs> like when we did that Batman Forever pod, like when Robin, he's like 35 and he's like, Bruce Wayne like takes him under his wing. You remember Chris O'Donnell? Yeah. Anyway. Oh my God. Alex could have been a, an extra in the Flintstones. <laughs> oh man. Ratings. I'm going to give my rating then I'll toss it yeah, to you. Yeah, you do that. I haven't figured out my rating yet. Okay. Mine's going to be pretty easy. Uh, I'm going to go with the grade style rating system and I'm going to give Major Pain a B minus because it's a fun 90s movie that is still a fun 90s movie with humor that is maybe kind of outdated but works in its favor I think a little bit. The humor is outdated and I say that because the stuff you just don't say nowadays like what he says to these kids they don't put that in movies now nowadays. But I don't think it's bad because of that. Like, I, I enjoy that aspect of it. And it's just goofy. It's silly. It's fun, man. Major Pain, I mean, you can't really knock it too much. It's not a highbrow movie by any means. So, like, what can you really say? It's shot competently. The acting is competent. It's all around competently made. It's the substance that you have to judge this one on. And for that, B-, minus, pretty good. What about you, Jonathan? That's What's pretty, it going to be? That's pretty solid, man. Uh, I'm going to say, let, let's do a, a out of two thumbs up scale. I'm going to go with a thumb and a half. Okay. I think there there are definitely jokes that don't hold up to today. But like you said, they, they fucking work, though, man, <laughs> like for that time. Um, the nostalgia factor is there. I grew up watching this movie. I still quote it to this day. And I'm not going to have a problem showing this movie to my kids either. How old do you think a kid has to be to watch Major Pain? 
My, I'm going to let my nine-year-old watch it. Yeah, I think that works too, yeah. yeah. I mean, because it's relatable to the, the... I think there's a few kids that are right in that age in the movie. Mm-hmm. Nine, 10, 11, you know? So it, it's, it's funny. It's classic. It doesn't get old. It's got a good storyline if you look at it in the big picture. Got a lot of fun, campy kind of jokes and and trials and tribulations in there and you, you see this like the ups and downs of all these kids um and then and then come together and, and see what they can pull pull off as a group so that's where i'm at awesome fair enough good rating anyway that was major pain thank you jonathan first of all for joining me making the drive all the way out here through the wind and everything you had to deal with the weather I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And for the listeners, thank you for listening to this. If you want to write in, you can email us at bigdumbmoviegmail.com. Our Instagram is bigdumbmoviepodcast. Uh, Give us a follow. Instagram has been fucked up lately because they changed a lot of the rules. So I have a few pages on there, not just the podcast, and haven't been getting a lot of like engagement. So please follow us, comment on our stuff, send us suggestions there. Just interact with us. And if you want to leave us a positive rating on Apple Podcasts, I'd say that's the best thing you can do for this podcast. Apple Podcasts specifically, five stars and a written review. If you have any questions, any comments, any concerns, contact me. Send us a suggestion. Let us know what you think of the episodes. Anything else? Did I miss anything? I don't think so. Thank you for listening to all of my nonsense. Thank you for listening to both of our nonsense. I think that's been an episode. We love you. And good night.